Assalamu alaikum. My name is Amin Hataman and welcome back to Project Weave, the threads of more stories, where we try to create as complete a collection of stories that have shaped and continue to shape the grand narrative of the Bangsamoro, straight from the mouths of those who live them. It's the final episode of Sir Al's Thread, and after seeing him take part in a revolution, risking life and limb to fight for what he believes in, Sir Al begins a new chapter in life, one that, curiously enough, finds him working within the very same government he had been fighting. As he tries to navigate this new world and its own challenges, however, it seems there is a return of a familiar yet altogether different group from his past, all while he continues his lifelong pursuit to protect his people. Project Weave, The Threads of Morris Stories, Episode 15 Aspire to Become Like Them When I accepted the idea of negotiation, with groups of people from brothers from Holo, Basilan, and Sambuanga Peninsula. I, later on, I found out that, uh, well, uh, after the negotiations with Marcos, they have finalized our recommendations and agreement of the future autonomy. Um, I found out that uh, many friends work behind my back for me to be recruited to work with government. Mm. So I ended up uh, in SPDA, SPDA? Uh, Southern Philippines Development Administration based in Dabao. This uh, office took the functions uh, of the defunct MDA, mm. Mindanao Development Administration. So I was assigned there as uh, I was uh, appointed as manager of the social development division of SPDA having about more than 300 uh, staff all over the country that's a, a very unique or freak uh, office mm -hmm. because how so southern philippines development administration why why was my office operating in Luzon. <laughs> that was the only office that operated from Luzon to Mindanao. Uh -huh. All of the offices in SPD operated only in Mindanao. And the headquarters was in Luzon for some yeah. It is because that SPDA inherited the function of two offices. Uh, the funk offices, the MDA and Panamin. Panamin. Panamin is a Philippine. I forgot. For minorities. Philippine administration for minorities something. For the hill tribes. Mm -mm. So that Panamin functions uh, relates to people from Luzon to Visayas to Mindanao. Mm. That is why I had that office. Here in Manila, in in Cebu, in Iloilo, mm -hmm. 
in Naga, and then in Sambales, Kalapakuan. Uh, good enough that I was assigned to this division, the Social Development Division involves uh, the Moro and the Hill Tribe. Yeah, so, so somehow, like you said, you found a way to contribute in your yeah, own way. Yeah, the, the social, social in me, I was able to translate it in terms of delivering this to the Moro and the... Mm, this, but this time without the violence, without... No, the no, no more violence, no more carrying of guns, no more sleepless nights, no more using stone as a pillow. Yes, no more boats where everyone is the captain. Yeah, no more <laughs> camp, everyone is the captain. <laughs> Everywhere, everyone is yes. the captain. But how, so, how, how, how was it, the kind of change uh, suddenly? It was some kind of you were working for the government and everything like that, but still serving the Moro people. I, I was so I was conscious that uh, definitely I might be. In the beginning, I refused the work of government mm. because uh, of the idea that I might be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. But then there was a lot of pressure from my friends to join them. Yes. To be with them. Yes. And uh, assuring me that I can still implement what uh, you can still find the change you were looking yes, for. Yes, I can. I can still do it. But this time you're working within the system. Yes. Yeah, so when I got that assurance, I accepted the the. But it took I think about one or two months before I accepted the the position. It was a presidential appointee mm. appointment from Marcos. Uh, I think about a month or more than a month before I accepted the the job. Good enough that I accepted it because I was able to, in my own little way, I was able to continue to deliver what 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 I I wanted, what yes, I, yes. I I I like to do. Like one day, I. By the way. Uh, when I was in office, sometimes I was even ahead of the janitor in, in the office. Really? That's how functual I am. So when I arrived the office, I arrived at my office, my, my secretary met me immediately, did not allow me to get into my room because somebody was inside. Really? So I, wa I, I, I was quite alarmed. I thought it was something else. I said, no, 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 sir. Uh, then I asked, who, who is inside? I said, uh, he is from South Cotabato. And he said, he is your brother. Mm. I said, I have no brother. No, no, he said, because he's a Muslim, he's a Muslim. He was together with you in Egypt. Mm. Ah, I said, together with me in Egypt? He said, yes. So I said, okay, okay, no, no problem. If, uh, are you sure that he was in <laughs> Egypt? <laughs> said, no, he, because uh, some people also, he recognized him because I have, I had a staff from South Cotabato. Mm. Recognized the guy as an ulama, as an ustad. Mm. So he confirmed to my secretary that, yes, he, he's an ulama, he's a grad, he's from Egypt. So I said, okay, no, no problem. I went inside. Immediately we hug each other. Mm. 
And you recognize them? Yeah, I never, yes. Never met him ever since leaving Egypt <laughs> for maybe 10, 20 years. So I said, why did you come immediately to the office? Why did you come to me to the house? Because he was, he was, uh, he was blacklisted. Uh, I mean, he was identified with the MRLF. Mm. He said, no, it's very serious. So I said, why? There is a war in, in Balut. There's fighting in Balut Island. Where? Balut Island, Sarangani, oh, okay. South Cotabato. So I said, so the problem is, he said, food. We have a lot of refugees and also the... The combatants, uh, we lack food. So, okay, I said, okay, you wait for me. I called for a, a friend, a brother, Ali Sanki, who was my director for, for spare program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for spare program. Because my, my office had two projects, two programs, Muslim Affairs and spare mm. uh, special presidential assistance for rehabilitation of Ibaquis. so I related to him what happened I said I, I want you to to appropriate 10 sacks of rice and then biscuits and all those uh, milk and other food and then I, I told him I said let us give 5 sacks to the MNLF Mm. said to the troops said yes but I said I have to tell Karim Karim is our boss the administrator of SPDA then mm. he was the nephew of Ebelda but he was a Muslim mm. a very devoted Muslim Con uh, Balik Islam mm, convert yeah. yeah so the two of us went to our boss Karim said Karim there is a war in Balut he said, yes, I, I heard over the radio uh -huh. in my car. Uh, so he said, but I will be sending relief goods. I said, okay, that's good. You go on. But I said, I want to tell you something. Uh, what is it? He said, I have uh, purchased 10 sacks of rice and other goods, but I am intending to give 10 to the MNLF. Mm -hmm. What can you say? He said, okay, you give them ten. Hey, you give them five. He said, what if uh, this guy will be apprehended then uh, reveal who give him? I will be apprehended. Mm. And Ali, I said, I will also, I will also tag Ali with me in, <laughs> in the prison. <laughs> we were joking. <laughs> so I said, okay, you go to jail, the two of you. Then I said, we go to jail, yes. You go to jail and I will go with you, he said. That's what uh, our boss said, uh, Karim said. If you go to jail, I will go with you. Mm. You will not only visit us. No, he said, I will go with you. I will stay with you in detention. Mm -hmm. So, I told the Ustads, okay, you, you give the five to the refugees. And give the pipe to the jungles to. So that satisfies me that I, I was a, still able to contribute a little thing. Mm. For what so, I so, so at this point, was the MNLF? I thought it had already 
somehow integrated itself into the government. No, because it, it, that was 1970, that was still negotiating at the time. Mm, but you had already been working with the government. Yes, 75. I worked, I think it started 75 or 76. 75, I think. Mm, so up, up until that point, uh, before the signing of the Tripoli Agreement, there was that war in Balut Island. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, like... Uh, How old were you by this point? Do not ask me about that. Okay. <laughs> you keep... <laughs> I don't even remember. You were in Davao. Davao, I think... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I cannot reckon... I mean... Mm. This is... Uh, my... My malady. <laughs> my well, I'm still impressed you're still able to remember even the most minute details from from every other thing. I guess no, other there, than your there age. There are a lot of things that I cannot remember anymore. Mm, mm. But uh, intermittently is coming back sometimes. They come back, come yes, back. Yes, yes. So please continue. So like in Basilan, when there is war in Basilan, when there is fighting in... All over the homeland, Bagsamoro homeland, I said this relief goods, but nobody knows that I was the head of that organization. Mm. Nobody knows that uh, that it was Mr. Kamlian, that Al Kamlian was the one who was appropriating or uh, giving all this uh, no assistance. one no one amongst the people that you were helping no 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 nobody knows the, so the supplies just arrived yes yes but it is it, true through the office of course mm -hmm. I, I i we had an office in Basilad, we had an office in Sambuanga, Sambuanga de Sur, in holo in tawi-tawi mm -hmm. to these offices but little little you know assistance because uh Muslim Affairs, the office, whatever it is named, Commission on Integration, Muslim Affairs, OMAC, and also, you know, budgetary-wise, only 5% of the total budget is devoted to MOEE. MOEE? Mm. Meaning the operating expenditures. Uh, much of the meaning the budget is not enough the budget is devoted to salaries rental office supplies travels but very minimal they can they cannot do anything mm -hmm. substantial to to the community mm -hmm. we we kept on during our time we kept on appealing for higher budget but the DBM is the one that determines the budget mm. it's not the people in Mindanao that determine this is another uh, another uh, anomaly in government mm. people in Manila people in Malacanang or in DBM dictate dictates how much you get is it is not how much you need it is how much they want to give you. Mm. That is why development is not, not, will not be had. 
Met Manila as a shoe window, every budget uh, is given to to Metro Manila. Mm -hmm. So essentially, that's how you would uh, describe your government years. You s you work for government how long? Yeah, nine years, I think. Around nine years. Yeah, because I was deputy executive director of Muslim Mapers for for nine years, more than nine years, mm, mm. more than ten years. Mm. And, and yeah. even then, you tried finding little ways to assist uh, the movement to help the movement. Yes, like uh, when I was in Muslim, like in SBDA. I signed that document that whenever a Muslim sells a property or buy a property, there has to be an approval from from a CNI at that time or MMJ, and then we inherited. I was the one signing that uh, document. One day, my staff came over to me and made arrangement with me. Mm -hmm. to assign him the task of processing. I said, why? Because I assigned it to a Christian. I said, why? Because he said, we can earn. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, do not worry, I will handle the things. I said, ah, can earn. So I said, just give me the, the function. Said, okay, are you true? Said, Get up. I will think it over. Then one day, that that ten sacks of rice took me also a little time, because the COA auditor wanted one of the sacks delivered to his house. Mm. I I almost killed the the auditor because at that time i was always carrying my nine uh my uh that five seven what is that uh, that pistol that uh, magnum five 44 magnum no 45 magnum. magnum no 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 five forty seven something Uh, given by Marcos to me. Mm. There is a name and that bat, uh, Marcos. I always carry that and place it inside my drawer. Because as a rebel, former rebel, I was conscious at that time of my security. Go it was good that my secretary went immediately and... and embrace me and hug uh, and drive away the auditor he knows that i was when i pull out that that drawer i i might get my my pistol and shoot the the guy mm. i said don't you don't you know don't you remember that i was a rebel one of the re uh, re uh, reasons why a rebel because of this corruption mm. and you want to corrupt me uh, at that time, my, my secretary grabbed me already. And then that, that guy, uh, that 
requested for the puncture for him to raise fat. The next day he saw me and asked me, I said, I, I just forget it. Don't Do not talk it. about it anymore. I might get mad. Mm. Because he didn't like this kind of yes. side profiting. This is one, one reason why I rebel. Mm. Why, why, as I said, I am modesty aside and with respect to the poor, I am not, I am not a son of a poor man. That I have to rebel, that I have to fight a bloody war because of, of money or because of property whatsoever. It's because of uh, sovereignty, it's because of political right. And then you will, you will corrupt me. Mm. I, I cannot stand that, I cannot. Yes. But I, I, I see in one guy, one good Muslim, the late Simeon Datumanong. Remember uh, Ramos, uh, no, Cory took over government from Marcos. Uh, I was designated by Cory. President Corazon Aquino as OIC of uh, Muslim Affairs. I took over management of the office from the late uh, Congressman Datumanong. He gave me two bank books. One bank book uh, of uh, Panamin and the other one is uh, a project that I I was the one who who initiated and a friend a brother attorney Papua mm. two of us uh, granted by the Saudi government a assistance to affected uh, cultural centers mosque in the Visayas but that Panamin money, I said, sir, this money should have been expended already. Mm -hmm. There's no more Panamin. I said, yes. Then I asked, sir, why, why did you not spend this? Then no, I have no more time. I, I forgot it. And then it, you, can, you can disperse that. So in, in that bank book, I realized that Datu Manung was a good man. Why? Also. Because that bank book could have been just forgotten, just got that got you the could money. Have kept it, yeah. Pocketed mm -hmm. the money, yes. But instead, he gave it. Yeah, he gave he it said to disperse me. Disperse it. Yeah, yeah, you disperse it. So there were good examples as well. Yeah, even I, that I I said I remember I remember him as one good man, uh, as one because of that bank book. So I saluted him, and this this is one guy who taught us one lesson. When you are in trouble, mm. sleep even while you are standing. Sleep. <laughs> 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 Even while you are standing, so meaning because you are tired, you have no time to sleep. So if you know how to sleep while you're standing, do it. You do it. 
when you are in uh, travel. Uh, yeah. When you are in travel. When you're when you're in danger. When you're in. No, no. When you are in travel. Oh, do you mean travel? Like no, traveling. Just Travel. traveling. Ah, okay, travel. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, because at that time we were traveling in Saudi mm. Arabia. Mm. Yeah. I will give you one bad uh, incident that I had. I was Amirul Hajj, designated by the President of the Philippines as a special envoy to Saudi Arabia during Hajj time. Mm -hmm. The Philippine Embassy in Jeddah, Consulate General in Jeddah, knew that I was invited by the king for a banquet in the palace. So gave me a transportation to, to reach the palace. I remember they gave me urban, uh, this is a long van. Mm -hmm. But an old, old urban uh, vehicle. You know, it was very shameful when I arrived at the gate of the palace. When I alighted, I, I, I showed my invitation mm -hmm. to the guard. They said, yes, uh, you are invited by the king. But I cannot allow your car to enter. <laughs> I said, why? That's my only car. I, I have no other car. <laughs> said, no, no, no. Your car, your vehicle car. No, no, no. You might burn the palace. <laughs> this is an old, it's an old insult, you know. I, I felt so, ba so bad. <laughs> Fortunately enough, uh, there was a, a car, diplomatic car that came over. I saw the flag. The mm. flag of Singapore. Mm. And I was ha happy because I knew that flag of Singapore might carry a, a friend of mine the yes. who was the Amir Ruhaj also from Singapore. Yes, yes. A, a friend. Uh, and, and the car looked good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, they so they would car. let it in. Yes, it's a <laughs> limousine. It's a yeah, diplomatic car. Compared to a long van. So the guy alighted and I saw, I saw him. He, he's a friend. Muhammad Mujamil Muhammad, mm. the Amirul Hajj of Singapore, was, a, was my friend. And then he, he looked at me and said, Oh, Abdullah, you are here? I said, Yes, I, I arrived earlier. So I said, Okay, um, he talked with the, <laughs> with the guard. He was not allowed to, to enter. In his, in his case, he forgot his his uh, invitation. <laughs> he forgot his invitation. But uh, the guy was, you see, I am using the diplomatic car of Singapore with the flag of Singapore. He still, the guard did not. So I interceded. I we talk. Uh, I know him. He's uh, uh, a friend. He's uh, an Amirul Hajj from Singapore. He still, the the guard refused. So you you had you had the invitation. I had but your car, my was, car was is issue. not there yes, because yes. it's not acceptable. Yes, but then the person had the good car. Good car, do not but have the doesn't invitation. have the invitation. Yes, no. 
So he said, Abdullah, why are you here? Why are you still? You go ahead. I said, no, the, that, this guy also do not want my car get inside. I said, why? He said, because he, he, it might burn the palace. <laughs> <I> was just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> then he said, uh, you, you, okay, you help me. You use my car and you tell that uh, protocol officer in the palace. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, the, we did not realize that uh, the guard was, the other guard was calling maybe the protocol officer in, uh, in the palace. Mm. Uh, the other guard was uh, telling him earlier the name of, uh, of the Singaporean. So maybe it was confirmed that he was invited by, by the palace to, to the banquet. Mm -hmm. So he was allowed, you know. So we rode in the same car inside. <laughs> so this, this is one, one, when it is about Muslim affairs, government is controlled by the, uh, by the people who do not understand the culture, traditions of Muslims, just careless. Mm. They should have not assigned to me that kind of a car. Should it should have been a... Yes, I, 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 I was a designee of, uh, designated as presiden presidential special envoy of the president. Mm -hmm. Then giving me that car, they refused by the guard uh, in the palace. Mm -hmm. So still, I, I associate this with the idea of prejudice and discriminations against the Muslims. Uh -huh. Why is it when, when it is uh, non-Muslim that is uh, given that kind of honor, he is honored? Yes. But when it is a moral, when a Muslim is given that, he is less honored, less respected. Mm. So these are these are things that, uh, and then uh, they know that uh, Fridays is our Sabbath day. Why call meeting on a Friday? So these, these these were little things that yes. This is one of the idea why some people says that we cannot practice Islam as the way it is, because that is Islam. Mm -hmm. uh, under this uh, society, this arrangement, we are not freely you know exercising our uh, religious rights our political rights our cultural rights and all those rights that is why those those are the things that took to mind that uh, drove us to revolution fight for independence because if this country could not take care of us we have to take care of our own selves. Mm.
That's our idea. If you, Philippines, cannot take care of me, I have to take care of myself. Anyway, I have basis. Yes. My four beers, they were sovereign. They were independent nations. Mm, our ancestors. Yes. Why now am I bonded under the clutches of uh, colonialism? Mm. So yes, that was your uh, time spent as a government worker. Government worker. Mm. Because I was, I was in government when I was designated as, I, I think twice or three times, Samir uh, Hajj to mm. Saudi Arabia. I hope the other times you brought not a van with you. Well, uh, the second time I got very, I think the, that was my second time. Yes, that the was best gift in my life. Mm -hmm. I was able to enter Kaaba, and I had a picture in with the Ajar Aswad I was holding, and the picture was taken by no less than the Deputy Foreign Minister of the Kingdom of Thailand, mm. who later on became Foreign Minister, who was a friend. Mm. Uh, you want to to hear this story about that? Possible, but <laughs> okay, I will tell you. If it's okay, could we maybe? Yes, yes. Um, uh, when you are Amir Ruhads, you are invited by the by the king, or at least if the king is not available, by the governor of Bakka. Mm. The governor of Bakka is always the brother of the king. Mm. So I was invited to join the entourage to wash the Kaaba, uh, ceremonial washing. It's not really washing, it's a ceremonial washing of the Kaaba. So we en entered the Kaaba. Very rare, uh, yes. very seldom. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very small. <laughs> yes, to, to enter that uh, Sanctity, that holy place. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's down there. I will show you down, down the picture. Uh, after the washing, the so called washing, it's not really washing, the, the prayer, ceremonial, yeah, ceremony inside the Kaaba. We came down, came down. I I prayed Sunnah. After praying Sunnah, I was supplicating. After supplication, suddenly somebody tapped me over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. oh, I said, Abdullah, oh, you are here. I said, oh, yeah. When I, I turned my back, I saw the late Pichuan Surin. His name in Buddhist in Thailand is Pichuan Surin, although his Muslim name is Abdul Halim. Uh, he was the then at the time he was the Deputy Foreign Minister of Thailand and who was also the Amir Ruhaj of Thailand. He asked me if I can take up take his picture. I said no because it's, it's not allowed here. 
Mm. But I said, if you have the permit to to shoot, then I will I will take. But then before he reacted, I said, I asked him why. Do you have Do you have camera? Mm-hmm. He said yes. I have a small camera in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Then Abdullah, you observe. This this is how he he said it. You observe the Indonesian. They have a big camera. They are moving camera. <laughs> they are shooting. I said yes. I I saw. But you see that tag. There is a tag that hanging over that uh, camera. Yeah. That's the permit to operate here. Mm. But I said I can still shoot your picture. I can still take your picture. On condition that you take my picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh no problem, said, Abdullah. No problem. <laughs> I was just, I was, I was just trying to make uh, you know a little joke with him, mm-hmm. although it was in the holy precinct. Yes, yes. He said, no, no, no. I will take up your picture. Anyway, I took his picture, took mine. Before I arrived here. Because from the airport, I immediately went to the office to perform a function because there were Japanese uh, visitors. The picture was already on my table. I was very lucky. I said that that was my best gift in life to enter the Kaaba, mm. and I experienced it when the government sent me as Amirul Hajj. Mm. Saudi Arabia. So there were some good memories as well working for government. Yes, yes. Mm. Definitely. Of course, it was very different. Uh, from aside, your aside from from little things that uh, I was able to help uh, the needy, uh, the people that needed my help. Mm. I was able to do it because of the facility from government. The budgetary allocations from government. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, working in government is a good good endeavor provided your intention is good, good. clean. Yes. Sincere. Because you can you can you can help. Not much uh Limited to in accordance with what you have, what Budget, budgeted uh, for you. Yes. In this way, you can you can feel some kind of fulfillment, you know, of helping others rather than enriching yourselves. Mm. Uh, enriching yourselves, you do not work in government. Yes. You. You do it on your own. You you can you know you can like Pacquiao. <laughs> yeah. He, he he's a very rich man. He, he sweat it out, <laughs> bloody sometimes bloody. Yes yes. And, and he earned uh, honestly. He dealing Diaz. Is I think he's getting more than about about fifty million down. Mm mm in benefits of uh, that sweat that she suffered 
lifting that uh, 55 kilograms or 120 kilograms. Mm -hmm. These are the, uh, I, the, the area that uh, where you can be of good help to the people if uh, in government. You can be of good uh, help to the people. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, some few people, not all, some few people take advantage. Yes. It's not, it's not healthy, I think. It's mm. not healthy. Not healthy. Because that is meant for the people that you govern, that you... That uh, are your constituents. Yeah, constituents. You have to deliver it to them. Yes. If there are excesses, if there are... Uh, that is meant for you, well, well and good. Accept it. Mm. So essentially that's, uh, yeah, like we mentioned, that is your life in government work. Mm. Mm. But uh, the only, I found out in my case, the, the problem of Muslims working in government, especially in national government, the budgetary constraint, there is not enough budget to fulfill what you want to deliver. Not enough. Now, if you are working with some corrupt people, the more that you will deliver less. Because taken by those people. But even if you have all the honest men working with you, still you cannot deliver much. Mm -hmm. Because of the Budgetary constraints. Budgetary constraints. People in Manila, people in DBM or in Malacanang that dictates how much Juan de la Cruz should receive. When de la Cruz needs 100, national government gives him only 10. Where does the 90 go? Yeah. Mm. And then they, 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 they keep on uh accusing people down in Mindanao as corrupt as but they do not see the corruption here in in the international airport in the port terminal in uh, Manila port mm -hmm. BIR and all those the biggest corruption is here in Manila mm. not in Mindanao not in the Visayas So if, if that's it for your government work, which like you said, very long, it was uh, more than 10 years, what happens next after that? When Estrada came to the presidency, I felt that I cannot serve a president who did not finish his education. Mm. I felt that uh, it's a bad model for the youth of the Philippines. I resigned. Mm -hmm. After my resignation, 
Congressman Mastura and Commissioner Musibuat visited me here at home mm -hmm. and uh, conveyed to me the message of uh, the late brother Hasim Salamat invitation. In the first uh, Salamat had been already MILF at the Yeah, centers. chairman of the MILF already. I refused to go and then Congressman uh, Mastura kept on asking me why. I said I had already a talk with Salamat. When? I did not tell him when. I said I had already a talk. I said why, why did Salamat send us to, to invite you? Mm. I don't know. I don't know why. So anyway, uh, I did not go. But uh, I think about a month after, or less than a month, the two guys came back. And uh, jokingly, Congressman Mastura told me, I lied. Mm. Uh, As a joke? Yeah, I lied because I said he confronted Salamat as Salamat if I had a talk with him. Salamat denied. That he had sent the invitation? No, that oh, I that had a, a talk, that we had a oh, talk. Oh, yes, yes, he yes. issued the invitation. I said, Mike, hindi ka na mabiru. I was joking, I said, but I, I had a talk with Salamat long time ago, 1970. So, what happened in 1970? I told him, I said, we have to remove Ms. Wari from the chairmanship of the MNLF. Mm. But Salamat refused to listen to me. So I said, okay, if you cannot accept, do not accept, my idea, I said, okay, if you want to to stay in the boat, you sink with that boat. <laughs> I do not want to sink with the boat. Mm, and then that's when because you Because I said boat, because when I, uh, he asked me why, I said, I said all those that I I said, and you know what he, he retorted, said, Abdullah, that's too early. Please do not rock the boat. Mm. Was, I remember him. And... Uh, it was in Malaysia that I, in, in Sabah, I talked with Salamat. Then I told him to, we have to remove Biswari from the championship of the MLM. So when I said about both, okay, I said if you do not uh, accept, do not want it, okay, you stay in the boat and you sink with that boat. I will not sink with that boat, I will not sink with you. It was my statement as well. Anyway, I told uh, Mastura about it and Commissioner Buat, the late Commissioner Buat. Anyway, the second time around, I was already obliged to compare out of respect. I went with them. I remember it was uh, August 24 when I arrived mm -hmm. uh, Bolyok Complex. 
there was a big gathering of uh, state chairmen in the MILF uh, hierarchy. After the meeting, Salamat welcomed me. Uh, we, we did the meeting after the formal meeting. Salamat uh, greeted us, welcomed us, then asked me to say a, a little words. In short, I told these uh, people the reason for which why we are now suffering is because of that man there. You pointed? I pointed at the Salamat. Mm. Because of that talk that I had with him in 1970. Mm, because he didn't listen? He did not listen. You know what he told us? Abdullah, that's a water under the bridge already. He said, okay. Anyway, he said, come, let us eat. We ate. So he told me to to return to the movement. I said I never left the movement. I never, and I will never leave the movement. I said. I, I, he told me you return to the active duty. Mm. I said no more. I cannot carry gun anymore. I am weak. I am aging. He told me no. Who told you? Who told you to carry gun? Mm. Oh, sorry, what year was this? Is that? What year was this when you had this talk with him again? 1970. 2000? 2000. It's before the Bolyok affair. I forgot, uh, I mean, you know, my memory about dates is uh, yes, but at very least, bad. Yes, very but bad. At, at least I didn't ask your age this time, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never do I that. Did, that's why I asked what <laughs> what year it was instead. It's, uh, I think, 2000, year 2000, something. 2000. Mm. Okay. 2000. So anyway, I said, you do not carry God anymore. I said, who told you? Don't you know I said that I graduated from a military school? And why, why is that military school, I said, if not to carry God? I said, yes, you graduated from Cairo Military Academy. I know that. I was there, he said. I, am, I was involved also in your getting into the academy. What he said. Mm. Yes, so, so I said, why should I go back? I cannot deliver carry gun. No, no, he said, I will lend you a pencil or ball pen. That is the only weapon that you need. Mm -hmm. You join, I know you are like a brother to, to Musib and to Mike. You stay together, the three of you. That's how I became member of the... Because at that time, Mike Mastura was a member of the negotiating panel and Musibu was a member also as chairman of the technical committee of the MILF. Mm -hmm. 
So okay, I said uh, I will go home to Manila and I will think it over. I will. So so this is how you became a member of the. Yes, a member of the MILF. MILF. Yeah. Because she said we started it, we have to finish it. That is what I was telling you. That it started in Egypt, mm. not here. Mm. So what you started in Egypt, you wanted to finish. Yeah, finish it. He wanted to finish. Yes, it. wanted to finish it. Meaning, the independence. We have to regain independence. Mm. If we cannot regain independence, little by little, the autonomy. At least. At least autonomy. Regardless of the size, Salamat, in fairness to him, was not was not so concerned about how big the as long as there was some provided there is something that is fully owned by the Bangsa Moro. Something we could call our own. Yeah, run by your own people. So that's how I got it. And so I became member of the technical working group. Then uh, one member of the panel died, Atoni Lanang Ali. Then Atoni Musibuat elevated to become a member of the panel, and I was elevated to become the chairman of the technical working group. Mm. And then later on, I became a, a full member also of the of the the panel. That's how 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 my life. Uh, goes mm. so in the MILF we negotiated uh, with the Philippine government and uh, as I said the principle for which we were negotiating was that of Salamat's ideas that no matter what's the size of the so so that was the goal of the negotiations. You were negotiating with the national government again? Yes. As the MILF this time? As MILF. To as find some sort of, at least, at the very least, some sort of aut autonomous... Yes, uh, yes. Uh, this is to get away from, because the autonomous government in the past were not really autonomous. We're talking about ARM. Yes, ARM. Uh, and the previous to arm because they were they were creation solely of the national government the mlf mnlf did not participate in the making of the law unlike the milf at least we were the one who drafted the the bangsamoro organic law though it did not pass congress and then again, uh, the MILF participated again. I, I was a member of the of the Bangsamoro Transition Commission, the first uh, Bangsamoro Transition Commission that drafted the Bangsamoro Organic Law. Uh, unfortunately, it did not pass Congress. So when President Duterte became president. There was a need for government to comply with the agreement, and so he created another uh, commission, the Bangsamoro Transition Commission. Another BTC. Uh, second, the, the BTC, second BTC. 
So the difference between the autonomous government in the past, the two fronts, the MILF, the MNLF. The MNLF did not participate in making of the law. Mm -hmm. It was solely done by the government. But this time it was uh, cooperation. Between yes, between the two. Yes. In fact, uh, majority members of the both BTC one and two are majority are MILF. Mm. That is why it is uh, uh, MILF led mm. because uh, seven, uh, 15 members, eight, eight members from the MILF and seven from the M, uh, government. The second BTC, how many of them? 81 or something? 61? 21. Huh? 21. 81? 21. 21? 21. Uh, 21. 11 from MILF, 10 from government. So, in both cases, the MILF were participant to the creating of the laws. Mm. Which was better than before. Yeah, I, to me, I think it's better because... Much better because uh, we had whether, whether it is perfect or not perfect, uh, better in terms of participation. Yes, yes. And that was eventually what ended up giving birth to BARM. Yes. But there is still a problem here. Yes. The problem is the agreement calls for the parallel and commensurate implementations of all the aspects of the agreement. The aspects of agreement are decommissioning, uh, uh, eradication or removal of uh, private armed group, uh, the TJR, the uh, T TJR, uh, IB? Transitional, Transitional Justice and Reconciliation Commission. Yes, yes. The there are there are so many, no? Yes, I cannot yes. remember anymore. Now the the problem lies upon the the decommissioning because the decommissioning calls for the implementation of commissioning is upon the creation of the Bangsamoro police force. That is what is in the agreement. But Accordingly, that Bangsamoro police force is not in the law that created the barn. Mm. That's not the problem. To the MILF, they will not sway away from the principle of uh, uh, what they negotiated for. They, they will stick to what they have signed. Mm -hmm. And they also demand that the government must comply what government signed. Mm -hmm. Government signed something, but Congress did another thing. Removing... Certain or, aspects. Yes, that aspect of policing. That policing in the Bagsamoro is not independent of the national police. Mm. It's a, 
a, a police force devoted and membership coming from the Bangsamoro, uh, whether you are Muslim or Christians or Luma mm, from mm, that mm, area, mm. and they have their own police board. And that police board, with membership also from the National Police Commission, one or two uh, commissioners from the National Police Commission should be a member of that board. So that's not separate. Mm. But the difference is that the police in the in the arm or in the arm is not accountable to the governor, is not accountable to the chief minister. Mm. In our in our uh, uh, proposal, the police force must be accountable to the chief minister. Imagine they are accountable to Manila. Why, why are they not accountable to the governor of the arm or mm. of the earth? That is, that is now the difference. So, we cannot go on with the decommissioning, the second phase or third phase of the decommissioning, because there is, there is one phase, but that one first phase, that is only ceremonial. So, anyway, uh, we have the Second, the problem now is that there is no provision providing for the establishment of the Bangsamoro uh, police force. Yes. On the other hand, there is this decommissioning of uh, the combatants. But that, that decommissioning is... Uh, Mm, the decommissioning of the MI. Yeah, MI. Yes, yes. So th that that's the problem now. Uh, to go on with decommissioning or what? Because of the absence of that uh, the police force. Police force. When it when in the agreement, the government signed that uh, agreement providing for a Bangsamoro police force. So the what's what was with the importance of the police force? It was supposed to be uh, very important because uh, the the police force is you know policing is one that will maintain peace and order in uh, so the would it locality. have also would it have also consisted of former uh, MI members like that or if or they can qualify mm, mm. if they can qualify yes yes. But not limited to yes. MILF. Uh, they have to be subjected to, although in the beginning, uh, there is that uh, idea of lowering the demand for, you know, standard uh, qualifications of uh, police. Yes. To allow combatants, uh, those who have a little education, to render service. Mm -hmm. But in the future, that has to to graduate into a regular uh, recruitment process. Only qualified yes, can with with uh, good standards or yes, standardization. Yes, yes. And then another problem is that, like in South Africa. This is one model that we have uh, adopted. 
the transitional justice uh, and reconciliation after the conflict what there are a lot of people who suffered during the conflict yes. there were some people who were displaced yes there were some people who were massacred yes uh, there were atrocities innocent people yes, yes. And even during the uh, before the conflict, there were some people or many people dispossessed of their land. They were the the Ilaga time and all those resettlement program of government displacing Moro or Lumad. Mm -hmm. There has to be a transitional justice system to you know to to heal to heal the to give the, reparations yes uh, reparation and all those things. To completely, you know, establish peace. Yes. Because we've seen what happens when there are wrongdoings throughout history that aren't reconciled, that aren't yes. fixed. One of those led to the revolution in the first place. Right, right. So there has to be that transitional justice system wherein you have to take care of, uh, uh, of uh, victims of, uh, of the conflict. And you have to to compensate those people that have been adversely affected uh, or dispossessed of their properties, dispossessed of their uh, holding. Mm -hmm. uh, without compensation, you have to compensate them. Then uh, when I was asked, I think yeah, I was asked in Kuala Lumpur or in Cambodia, Yes. I said next government should national government must apologize to to the Bangsamoro people to the Lumad mm. for what they have done to us in Mindanao. The Queen of England or of Apologize to the Aborigines in uh, Australia. Australia. Also, maybe in New Zealand. Mm. Why not the Philippine government to the president? Yes. Apologize for the dispossession, dislocation, the massacre, and all those injustices. Injustices that uh, inflicted upon the Bangsaboro people. Because that would mean a lot. Yes, uh, that that will heal. That uh, that will help heal the pains of the past. Yes. Otherwise, the conflict might not be ended. Like, as I said, I wish in the future near or far that the Bangsamoro will become sovereign will regain her sovereignty mm. I'll be very happy to to see something like that happen. to see in my grave that the Bangsamoro have regained its sovereignty I think the young people should not uh, 
uh, so much you know, you know this technology and all this uh, worldly you know uh, conduct of uh, affairs should at least read history of their uh, ancestors and appreciate give thanks to them for what they have done what they've sacrificed yes sacrifice and so we are still muslim to this day without them we have been maybe might have been christian already i mean but because of them we are still muslim mm. alhamdulillah alhamdulillah that we still remain in the, Mus in the religion of Islam. That is what, what is very important that uh, they, they at least bequeathed to us Islam uh, through their, their lives. As Filipino, I don't know how can how can Emoro be proud as a Filipino. It's a complicated question to ask. To me, when I see a Filipino, I think of a Filipino. I think only of these were slaves in the past, and they did not have even a barangay in the past. They they never had any governance. Though some historians now are concocting, you know, ideas that, uh, but they were nothing. They were, they were, just bunch of people, but the Moros were already governing themselves. And then uh, here comes uh, is this governor uh, of uh, Sorsogon, senator, former senator. Mm. Who is his name? Uh, Scudero mm -hmm. telling that the Muslims do not know even how to cook pandisal. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> they should realize that uh, the Moros were already there before they, they came. Before they have governance, we were already governing ourselves. And that is my, that can, can form part already of my message to the young people. Mm. Read history of the past, but not the history written by the, by the biased historians of uh, Lawson or the Americans. Search for the true story of the Bangsamoro. The glorious Bangsamoro, and give thanks to them for what we are now. Mm. Aspire to become like them, not in the sense of uh, maybe religiosity or education, because they were less educated in terms of person education. Mm -hmm. But in terms of uh, love for freedom, 
Pride for identity. Yeah, pride for identity. Being Bangsamoro and never succumb to foreign dominion. Colonization. That is why I cannot accept. Sadly, I have to accept. Though it's very painful that we are Filipinos today. But we are not supposed to be. You are supposed to be Bangsamoro. Nationality and citizenship. But now, our nationality is Bangsamoro, yet our citizenship is Filipino. One of the challenges, I think, is to find the reconciliation between those two things. Yeah. Considering the complicated history that those two words have. I don't know when. But uh, as I said, uh, my worry, my, my sadness in the past was that to see Moros fighting against Moros when the revolutionaries were trying their best to regain the lost freedom, the sovereignty of the Bangsamoro. Yet there were some Moros who also hindered them from accomplishing their missions. Uh, as I said, uh, maybe we cannot blame totally because of this uh, illiteracy in in our midst, uh, many people are not aware of the history of the Bangsamoro. Mm -hmm. And many people just accepted what is it now? Something like that song, Kesera Sera. Mm. Kesera, 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 Sera. Whatever will be. Yeah, will, will be. be. No, it should not be. There is that doctrine in the Quran that God will not change the condition of people unless the people themselves change it. Inna Allah la yugairu ma bi kawmin hatta yugairu ma bi ampusihim. So our condition of being colonized will not be changed by God. Definitely, because he said that. Unless we initiate to change, so we can only attain that change if we struggle, if we exert, exert and assert our our rights to self determination, and then national liberation. And as you said, this is still a struggle, and these are questions still being asked today. How's that? This is a struggle, and these are questions that we still ask today. Yeah. About how how we're going to be going through with this. There are there are ways. Conditions are 
you know, from society to society, the conditions changes, and then uh, opportunities also changes. There was no revolution in so many years, but uh, in 1972, we have had it. Mm. Maybe there will be another revolution 50 or 100 years from now. It might be a different kind of revolution. Yes. Maybe one that has ideas of communication, sharing. And in, in my case, I, I will continue to, to pray that, inshallah, I pray that uh, s somehow, sometime in the future, that the Bangsamoro regain its independence, mm. uh, its sovereignty. You, s you firmly believe that? Yes. Inshallah. Okay. Inshallah. Well, uh, that brings us to the present day. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, uh, I hope I have satisfied your... Yes. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam. And here ends the thread of Al Kamlian, the boy who ate fish and rice silently as the old man spoke to him, who would go on to become a revolutionary pillar, playing a role in what would become a significant and consequential part of the Bangsamoro narrative. How do we remain steadfast in a world of chaos and confusion where life seems to throw us from one difficulty to the next to different roles with different challenges? How do we decide what to do? Well, with Sir Al's story, it seems to help to always remember why we do things and who we do them for. Thanks for listening. My name is Amin Hataman and this is Project Weave, The Threads of Mora Stories. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum. <laughs>